Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Cool. Hello, Apps here from Dimp Digital. Welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is Dimp Digital's flagship video game podcast where we take you through the ups and the downs from the world of video games. We're here on your favourite podcast app and YouTube absolutely free. However, if you want to support the grassroots independent endeavour, head over to patreon.com forward slash Dimp Digital or head over to twitch.tv slash Dimp Digital and you can join the community hashtag hand in pocket i'm joined once again on this edition by the nearly man resident ref logan that might need to be reined in a little bit that's getting silly but other than that how's it going yep good as always happy to uh be a regular feature these days on the uh on the old podcast adkins reckons you've nicked his job well it's always the same thing. If someone's going to come along and do it better, then you're at the risk. <laughs> same with any job, though. Someone could come and host this better, and then that'll be it. I'll be out of my ear. We'll never choose. CEO outrooted out. What was that old fucking BBC bloke that everyone loved? Moyles? Like the ultimate oh, radio presenter. He don't do that yeah. anymore, does he? He packed in a long time yeah. ago. But yeah, he's, he's still- been on... He's not on Radio One, right. but he's, he he left Radio One. I think he was out for about maybe six months a year, and he's been doing the breakfast show on XFM or Radio X now. Must be about five years. It might even be longer than that. So oh, he's, he's literally just did the. He's doing exactly the same yeah. thing, same features, just slightly different, more kind of rocky alternative music. So maybe he wants made to take a career out of it. Oh, I couldn't knows. talk to him. Might be all right. Might be a nice bloke. He's going uh, the jungle, isn't he? With Hancock? No, he's not, is he? Well, if Hancock's in, the then who knows? Everyone's up, yeah. Unbelievable. I had this discussion, I know we're going off piece already, but how is an MP a celebrity? Like, that's bizarre, isn't it? Like, the well, How is an MP are... able to leave their fucking post and fuck off for a few weeks? You're supposed to be looking after constituents. You voted yeah. in for that, not to go off and do silly bollocks. Mental, isn't it? And he's gone, thank you, I'll have the pay day. Goes to well, they've show suspended you everything him, to be fair, wrong. haven't they? So at least they've... Well, done yeah. something <laughs> anyway that is well mm. off piste um let's get into the episode so fgl always seems to be the regular kickoff item because the games are coming thick and fast and some biggies well one in particular huge game finally getting reviewed which we will get to but a little sneaker has stolen in which i wasn't expecting i completely lost track of when this game was due out and uh, if I'm right in saying there's usually beta access lurking, all sorts. But Football Manager 2023, the reviews have started to trickle in. They're not all there. I think there's nine as we record this. So not a, you know, you want 40 or 50 before hoping to sort of accept the score as, a, as something that's going to be reasonably locked in. But as we record this, it's sitting on an 83, which happens to be one of yours, Logan. Um... What's your thoughts on... First of all, I assume you're getting Football Manager 2023 or you'll be playing it on that Game Pass or... or is yeah, it... it's already downloaded on Game Pass, yeah. But you can't get to it till, I think it's next week or it's in like a week's time when it's actually out. I don't out. know. I'm not too sure 
what what the story is. So I, I kind of there was an option to basically pre-download it, right. which is like a hundred gig, a hundred meg, yeah. and then today it was like here you go, you can actually oh. download the download. And it was about three gigs. I don't know what's. I'm sure it's normally a bit bigger than that, but um, I need to have a look at some point today and figure it out. But yeah, I'll be I'll be obviously giving it a go, even if it is a slightly half baked Game Pass version. So is it is it a different version then? Is that what's been? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's 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 kind of when I played it, it's kind of like a halfway house between what used to be Touch and then the full blown kind of equivalent version. Yeah, you know, I I don't know whether that's true. It just felt a little bit different to me. I I, I don't want to chuck that out there and go it isn't the same. No. But it didn't feel when I played last year's one that it was like an exact replica on the Xbox. It didn't feel that way to me. Yeah, there's a... So what have we got here? I'm just in the Xbox store now. We've got a console version, which yeah. is available. We've got an Xbox edition. Now, that's 2022. So this is what they do to you, these fucking things. You mm. put, I put the number in specifically, and it still brought that toot up. Yeah. Um, so the fact that it's a console edition, I think, makes it... One of two I think editions. they do a, yeah, a slightly different one. I mean, I'd love to obviously play the full, full fat version, but I haven't got a device capable of running that when and it annoys me because this S- xbox is more than capable yet they still chuck out this yeah the console version console version i did but see anyway. the i did see the playstation 5 version has been delayed for some reason that'll be the first time it's appeared on for well, the ps5 anyway so yeah mm. clearly something wrong there but maybe you'll get your get you get stuck into that and report back of some findings but that's sitting on an 83 which i you know i wasn't really flagging as a game that's gonna be coming this week but that could go up. I mean, I think last year's one sat on an eighty-six, so that's what you're aiming for. You want you want to breach the eighty-fives of that one. I think is the is the general feel yeah. Process. Every, every point does matter yeah. at this stage as well because it's getting literally it's yeah. getting very close. So we'll see. We'll be updating if that makes any significant movement in the coming weeks. But the big one is God of War Ragnarok, which at the moment is sitting on a stunning ninety-four. Um. I don't. Know, I don't know how that's done. That. Well, also, I had hands on it, so there's no reason for me to say it shouldn't be that score. But all the signs were pointing towards, well, very good, but more of the same, which doesn't equal 94s in my experience. It equals a high 80 if you're lucky, a 90. Uh, the original did get a 95 originally, and then the PC mob got their hands on it earlier this year and brought it down a notch. Those master race cunts fucking blew that from a 95 down to a 94. So it sits level pegging with the original um i'm surprised by that score like i said it is a matter of margins but there is something usually cooking when when you get like a anything a 92 93 94 level but what did you make when you saw that score roll in yeah i mean it's literally i think you you went out for some predictions and i think i said 89 in the group because mm. i thought that's probably where i saw it sitting i thought right, i'll get a five point it'll still be really good but it'll get a five point knock for not being yeah, I think the original one might have had this like surprise factor Absolutely. about it. Yeah, um, had all the advantages. Saying, yeah, and then when you get saying that goes, it's exactly the same. They've just done a bit more of it and expanded it. They go, ah, it's a little bit, you know, five points down or whatever. So I thought eighty nine, ninety, but yeah, I mean ninety four is obviously very nice. I'll definitely take that. Yeah, that's that's really bolstered your effort to to go at this Grand Prix because you are now level pegging on games. Which is nine a piece with with Adkins. 
with a 13-point gap. So he's leading you by 13 points. Mm. And the final game he has is this Sonic Frontiers, which could go either way. And your final game is Pentiment, which could go either way also. It's it's, it's an unknown quantity. Obsidian are well thought of. This looks like a... It's a much narrower game than what we're used to from them, like big sprawling mm. RPG. This is not that. This is a, a smaller project. But we've said these art house shitters sometimes score well with the <laughs> critics. So from your perspective, you're hoping for that. And still, I think, hoping that Sonic Frontiers trips over its own bollocks on the way out the door and doesn't <laughs> quite... Doesn't quite it, it, if it hits a 70, it's on as far as I'm concerned. I'm thinking, right, if that Frontiers sits there on a 70, that is, mm. that's going to make it very close indeed. But... Yeah, I mean, hopefully from my... I mean, it'd be great if... I mean, it's unlikely that that God of War is going to move from that with the amount of reviews it's got. But, Mm. um, you know, if if I got nicked a few points from Football Manager and or God of War and then sort of got it down to maybe 10. Yeah. And then there's like this 10-point difference between Sonic and Pentiment. As you say, you know, it really does... Both of them, to a certain extent, could hit a real range of scores. So, yeah. (laughs) It's interesting. I mean, yeah. I'm definitely still the underdog. Adkins is in the driving seat, but well, he's chucking um, that out there. Underdog mentality, like Jose. Well, you know, it is. It's, it's true, though. I'd rather be in Adkins' seat where I've got the points on the board, whereas I'm hoping. Yeah, it's not. If if I had saying a bit more, I mean, if it was Football Manager to come out and that was my last, right? Game, you'd be more confident. Kind of a, yeah, it's a kind of a different story. But mm. because Pentiment was a sub in from me, and it. You know, it looks like it should do well. Obsidian of Obsidian Games have done well, but yeah. you just you just don't know. No, it's it'd be interesting. I don't, know if, I don't even know if it's going yeah. to be resolved next week. That woofer's kicking off, but um, knock it off. He's um, but no, I, I don't know when the so Sonic should have a score next week, and Pentiment may well have one next week or the following week. So it's um. It's all to play for, as we like to say. So let's move into the first item on the docket for this edition. PlayStation VR price and details have been announced by Sony, causing quite a stir amongst the gaming community. Before we get into it, and before this was even a thing, in terms of knowing what the price was and the dates, etc., What's the percentage that you'd put on ever considering? And I'm talking about reasonable pricing as well. Like 50 quid, everyone would buy one. Yeah. In your head, you knew it was going to cost a bundle of money, but didn't know how much of bundles of money. But before that was the case, what sort of percentage was there even a chance of you sniffing around a PSVR? Was it slim to none or are we talking any sort of 40% jobbies and higher? Not really. I mean... I think if it come to a silly price, yeah, then yeah, I'd buy it. But I just don't, I just don't really get the point in VR. Like I, I it just still, it still feels like a gimmick. It doesn't mm. feel like a valid extension to me. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I would buy it on the no. base because it, it's for me, it's the games that drive it, not the, not yeah. the. Like if all of a sudden Call of Duty was available in VR, like I would be like, that's interesting. Like mm. so, I feel like it's the actual games that are going to drive my desire to get on VR. Resident not... Evil, your favourites? No, you see, I think it also lends itself to certain gaming experiences better, yeah. like more 
atmospheric games that I tend to not enjoy so much anyway. So it's unlikely. I can understand why people would get one. And I think, you know, I've seen some sandbox VR games and things. They look quite cool. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no, you know, I saw some geezer going around being Spider-Man and stuff in one. It's, you know, it's a fascinating bit of technology. And I, I'm not saying it's not in itself good, but to spend money on it it's got to add something on top of it and at the moment i feel like you have to sacrifice more than you gain for yeah. the games that i like to play no yes they're all fair points i I had an oculus rift whatever version it was a couple mm. of years ago played half-life alex on it got through that and then sent it back full refund amazon <laughs> thank you jeff nice and easy right. um and I really did not enjoy playing that thing because, mm. well, to be honest, it's in the heat of summer, the height of summer, I should say. So it's fucking hot in this room. Yeah. And that didn't help. I was getting hot and stressed and whatnot. And it's a mm. hassle to fucking put it on your head and then plug it mm-hmm. in. Then it don't bloody work. I had some really bad issues with the tech side of things. I don't think that's mm. the usual way of uh, how things play out because playing on like Biff's PlayStation VR when we just dick around on it, that was. It worked, mm. and it was never really a problem yeah, yeah. in terms of the tech. So that may have been yeah. just a bit of a, you know, an exception. But still, that tarnished my experience completely. I was like, why would I put up with this? I want to just sit down and play a game. VR is just not calling for me. And I agree that generally the games aren't there. There might be a handful that are that are really worth playing, but that that hasn't sustained itself regularly like it does on a on a console market. So, in terms of percentage for me, it would have been ten percent before knowing any of the details in terms of price to be honest because yeah it just i'll never say never that's why it's always at least some percentage it's never a zero percent mm. but it just weren't weren't really ticking any sort of boxes that i was after anyway they announced that it'll be officially launching february 22nd 2023 so not a not a long time away little new year mm. jobby for people and it will be launching at what some are describing as an eye-watering £530. Um, there is a bundle with Horizon Call of the Mountain, which comes in at a, a nice round £570. So you've got two options there. You get the PSVR headset, you get two Sense controls, I think they're called, uh, and you get some headphones of it as well. There's a charging station um, for the controllers, which is sold separately, coming at thirty nine ninety nine, forty UK pounds. So that's that. Before I add an extra layer to this, what's the initial gut response to a price of five hundred and thirty UK pounds? I mean, it's a hell of a lot, right? Mm. Like that for a bit of. Add, I mean, I know I'm probably oversimplifying it, but for for an add-on, yeah, like doubling. I mean, if you wanted to buy a PS5 and that, good lord, yeah. you know, that's a it's a serious investment. Um, so I think I'm surprised more than anything at at, at that price point. Are you though? Just just up the price of the consoles. We had the control, <sighs> the Dual Sense Edge coming out at over two hundred quid. It's just, it's just, it just seems I mean, to be the way they're playing it. I don't know whether it's, you know, clearly inflation and things and supply chain problems, you name it, is having an effect. Like prices yeah. of things are, are going up. Um, it, uh, it's, it's dear. But then I, I go back to things like phone. 
by a phone, yeah. by a tablet. Like those things are generally dear, and yep. um, you know, for some reason, I'm Wiley okay Fox. with spending. Well, for some reason, my point would be, I literally just spent five hundred thirty quid on a on a phone, mm. like, and I don't even blink at that. I go bargain. Thank you. <laughs> Whereas for a, literally a, a, a screen I can strap to my head and yeah. play a game in VR, I go, that's dear. Why mm. is it so expensive? And it's like, well, really, is it? And well, I try to have some perspective, but it feels in comparison. Like my point is, if you if you need the console and the headset and some ancillaries and a game, mm. you know, how much are we talking? Like probably somewhere £1,200 or something, maybe even more than that, you know, once all once you're in. You know, it's a lot of money. Yeah, it is a lot of in money. In a cost of living crisis, no less. Well, that's. I think that's where... I mean, Sony couldn't have predicted that this mess was going to happen economically. But mm. could you think when they would have started this, it would have been years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's not their up, fault. And then I'm they... just saying it, it could be more of a... It's one of those things. I mean, I say a cost of living crisis. I, 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 people ain't feeling the pinch. But by the time that... They will. It's that, that you know, we've had three months of winter. You know, people ain't going to have a pot. They'll be spending that a month on their gas electricity bill. So, you know, it's uh, it, it's a bit of an unfortunate bit of timing for them, I think, in terms of the release and how mm. it's coincided with everything. But still, it's just, <clears throat> you know, all things considered, it feels expensive, I think, is is where I sit with it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of money. I mean, the, just seeing something at over £500, and I, I agree with the... The um the comparison to the phones because we don't blink at that level of money being tossed away. The only the, the real caveat or the real difference is that's it's it, it's an essential now, isn't it? These phones. Like, yeah, yeah. Although you could find yeah. cheaper versions of it. Absolutely, you don't have to spend five hundred and fifty mm. quid on on whatever. Like you can mm. find cheaper versions of those. But this this PlayStation VR two clear luxury item in the entertainment oh, space where if you are feeling the pinch you're unlikely to be looking at the console let alone this as an add-on um anyone sitting there who hasn't got a ps5 or playstation vr2 because it's not out yet and then thinks well i'll just go in two feet now i don't know who those people are because <laughs> uh, i always say that the, in, in my opinion the ps5 cost part is almost a sunk cost at this rate it's Whoever's already got it will have already got it for other reasons. But if, if for whatever yeah. reason you decide that PSVR is the headset for you and then you have to buy the PlayStation 5 to, to make that a reality for yourself, I think you've you've blown it for yourself. So I don't have any sympathy for anyone sitting there in that boat when they're looking down the barrel of a grand or whatever it's going to cost because mm. the PlayStation 5 itself is is worth, in my opinion, the, the money that's been paid out for it. Yeah. Um, in It's a console that I use weekly if not daily depending on circumstances mm. this um let's now introduce the second layer which is the context yeah. around pricing and history so let's compare it directly to its predecessor the playstation vr original came out in 2016 bloody hell it's crazy when you think about it mm. so the original was priced at 349.99 350 uk pans yeah. but it did not include the PlayStation camera, which was forty UK pounds. That was a, that was a necessity. You had to have that. And then, if we compare it to what you're getting in this box, you know, two dual or two sense controllers, the PlayStation Move controllers, which are the equivalent back then, were seventy UK pounds. So actually, you'd run yourself up to four hundred and sixty odd quid mm. if you're buying that back in 2016. I'm almost certain there was like a launch bundle for 450 with it all. 
I think that's a fair price to sort of inject in your head that 450 was the original. Uh, yeah. And now this is up to 530 for the equivalent. So just shy of a, you know, what's that, 80 quid upgrade on there. And some people will say, well, the tech's done it. Mm. And here's the other interesting thing. This is a bit of a apples and oranges, but it kind of, again, we're moving on the on the tech front. PlayStation 4 launched at 350 UK pounds. PS5, 450 UK pounds. £100 mm. premium on that. Now it's sitting at 480 UK pounds. So Jim's, as we know, cranked up the prices. So... If you were to sit down and look at the, this predecessor, it's it's not unreasonable to come to this conclusion that this is a a 2022 time in terms of economics and whatnot. It's uh, an increase. That the technological side of it seems to be a massive upgrade is what I'm led to believe by those in the know. Like compare, Compared to the original, which is very much a budget headset with issues, the fact that the, the camera tracking was needed for that PlayStation camera is just a complete no-no. This is full inside-out tracking with hugely more advanced um, controllers as well. It, when you put it in that context, it doesn't seem unreasonable that it would cost that much more. And if you actually wind back time, mm. it was a luxury item back in its day in 2016. It's just that obviously the numbers have, have gone up, but then as we know, every number has kind of gone up. So I'm going to pause there because there's another layer to introduce in the part, but <laughs> any response right. to that nonsense? Yeah, so I get what you're saying. I guess my uh, my thought would be there would be some R&D cost bundled into that initial PSVR. Mate, right? it, it was put together with chewing gum. I know, but I'm just saying there would no be... No eye tracking. I, I, know, I know. Big fucking pass-through some... box. Move controllers. Came out in 2011. It all, got, still... it all got chucked away, in my opinion. 85% of it binned, I think. They went, let's do it properly. Anyway. So what you're saying is there was an original cost and what they've done is a load of R&D to now do it again properly ground up and that's where there's a, a, a front-loaded additional cost because what you'd expect is a huge upfront cost where <laughs> in developing the technology and then this to be an iteration. So then to add a load more onto it, like ideally, surely you would want to make this more accessible, mm. not Well, less. this is the thing. Yeah, but then... PS4 to PS5, oh, sunk R&D cost should be around the same price. That's gone up, that went up 100 quid. Yeah, I feel it's slightly different. Right, with, here we go, he's changing it. With console, no. So I think because the technology inside becomes more powerful, I mean, it's the same with your PC. Your PC doesn't get cheaper. It gets more expensive yeah, well, in a weird kind of way. So I think it feels like it's the same with consoles, like you're, you're buying something better. And there is an argument for that for the headset, but largely... The screen's an improvement, but it's more an indictment of the bungled original one, I think, that we're seeing here, perhaps. Yeah, that is but muddy it, in the waters. But you, sh- you, I would have thought they'd have been looking to make it more accessible. I feel like they've priced it prohibitively, and whether that's due to market conditions, supply problems, sunk R&D costs, whatever it is, it just, it just mm. doesn't feel like it should be going up in the same way a console would. Well, tech's tech, mate. Come on. These phones, Imagine they're not going down, it's... are they? They're always going up. They're, yeah, they, and they are iterations every year. I've got, I've got 120 refresh rate on it now. Like, Can you imagine that being a requirement that long ago? Like The, the, the actual <laughs> fundamental... Te- like the, the phone, the power in that phone now is incredible. Like, really. Like, when you consider how it moves on. Mm. And I know everyone will be going, oh, but that screen that you've got in front of you now, like this 
gorgeous and yeah. all the, it's like yeah it probably is Eye but tracking. like it, it feels controllers. like it's got haptics in the headset it rumbles your head the base value of it has gone up 200 pound nearly 350 for the original no no, no but 350 without the ascent it's, it's, it's 450 that's the thing if you're doing like for like you have to include the controllers and the, whatever tracking is required so it's Did they do that? Presumably, people might have already had them from previous iterations. Rather yeah, than all, all else. six people that bought the PlayStation Move controllers profited on that, but everyone else had to buy them from scratch. And at seventy UK pounds for that old turt, it was That's a, a lot again. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, yeah, I get your point. It still feels dear. No, no, it's, no I'm, not, I'm not arguing it's not dear. I'm mm. trying to set context and extra layers. So the next stage to go is to move away from Sony and their hardware, what they've done historically. And it's to look at the, the market of headsets that are available today. And this actually was more interesting than I thought. Now, in order to do my research, it was a simple Google. Best best VR headsets in 2022. Number of websites. In the end, I settled for PC game. I kept it in the gaming space. And they had like a top five. So I went off and just researched about their prices. So we can get an idea of what... VR today is kind of costing. Now, the obvious top drawer is this MetaQuest, okay? 399 UK pounds for the 128 gigabit. That comes with the controllers and it's inside out tracking. Mm-hmm. doesn't need to be tethered to anything. So there is a low power, you know, co- compromise with that one. The 256 gigabyte version is 500 quid. So we're already stepping on Jim's toes there, keeping in mind mm. that these were all 100 pound cheaper a few months back they've they've raised their prices there so for yeah. extra 30 quid you could land yourself a nice shiny psvr2 which by all accounts has better tech in it anyway mm-hmm. parking that aside MetaQuest is definitely the most popular headset because it's the but cheapest is, and it's the most convenient yeah yeah so it's there's no you don't have to have an initial outlay and everything it kind of yeah, is there so we've talked about that is people not doing that they're not they ain't buying it they're not <laughs> But I, I know what you're saying. No, I, I agree. But what I'm saying is if you were, like if you wanted just to do VR well, gaming, I'd pick a different like, hobby. Like you sitting there and I'm sitting here, I, I want to do some VR, I like it. I want to buy it for me kids, right? Uh, and you're thinking, I'll get me kids it. I don't want to spend 1,200 quid getting this room. That's ridiculous. Well, should have got in early with the PlayStation. They've been around his parents' mums. or They've been around his friends' parents. They've gone, oh, they've got this game. It's yeah. 3R. It's amazing. I want to... Father Christmas has to get it for me for it'll, Christmas. It'll make Arthur right? sick. And, and then you literally sickness. go and look on it. You go, oh, go on. How much? Well, what? I need to... They should already have a PS5. What sort of paupers are these families? They should already have one. Anyway. They've bolted it on to Father Christmas's request. They no. wanted it for Christmas. No, no. So the, the, Meta, they, the yeah. Meta Quest 2, that is absolutely its selling point that it's just a single standalone device but it does come at a compromise in terms of what it can do um i'm sure it's it's good enough for m- most people that's why it's the most popular it's the cheapest it's the most convenient it's it's easy so i think that's a you know but even then you know it's 30 quid less i don't know i don't know anyway let's move on to say more proprietary tech and equipment that's out there mm. we've got <laughs> We've got the Valve Index, okay? Right. This is what plugs into a PC. And again, we're going to ignore the starting costs of PC. Again, we're assuming <laughs> that people aren't just suddenly got the bug to play VR and they want to just spend fucking silly money on getting the whole lot in one go because uh, and, and only use it for that. 
ridiculous if people are playing at that. Valve Index, headset plus controllers only. So it doesn't include the base stations, which are to increase the, the tracking accuracy and give you like a little play space that you can draw out so you don't smash your knuckles. I guess, how much do you think the headset and controllers are on their own? Honestly, I've got no idea. It could be either. I'm going to go 600. 689 UK pounds. Yeah. And that's with half the kit. If you want the base stations to have the full tracking, 919 UK pounds. Okay. What are we doing? Vive Pro 2. Now, this is a full headset, uh, controllers, and includes trackers. Okay. Yeah. Thirteen hundred pounds. Thirteen hundred pounds. That still needs to go into a PC. <laughs> Let's get something a bit cheaper, shall we? HP Reverb G2 headset and controllers. Six hundred eighty-two pounds. <laughs> HTC Vive Cosmos Elite. Seven hundred UK pounds. And that was the top five from PC Gamer. That's the market they're playing in, isn't it? That, I they're think, not, though. But, they're well, not playing in that market. Aren't they? No. They're playing in a different market. Well, they're not. They just put the price of the PlayStation 5 up. They're, they're, they don't care. They want, they're they playing in the big boys market. I get what you're saying. So I think they're playing in a different market, though, because they're not playing in this sort of PC space. Like, you might as well just chuck all that in the bin. Because it's it, these people that have got a PlayStation have got no, largely not. I mean, I reckon a small percentage of that world are like you and me, mm. right? Where you get multiple consoles, where you've got a PC as well. We've got the the luxury of choice. Most people will go, there you go. If they've got kids, they'll go, there you go. Mm. I think this is you know. So I think all of that in the context of the wider technology, you're right. But because they're not appealing to those sort that audience, I don't think they're appealing to a console market that are used to things priced in a certain price range with an element of convenience. Are they though? In what respect? Well, surely there is that are an some... assumption. Is that a nonsense assumption? No, no, no. Most people aren't going to buy this, but that's why hmm. the original only sold four million, and there was 120 million PlayStation fours out there. It's not for. Yeah. Most people, it's a piece yeah. of tech that's a luxury item, no doubt. Mm. And there are people clearly out there that will be happily be spending their money. I just uh, find it bizarre, right? Like, mm. I find it bizarre that they've got, they're looking at it going, we've got 120 million we could flog this to that have got a console already. Like, surely you'd want to price that and make it commercially available and attractive to as many of those people as possible. Like, well, and surely they must look. And are they doing it at five hundred and thirty quid? Are they doing it plus, yeah. and that you need to get a game and extras with that? Nice. It's probably a six, seven hundred pound investment, really. It's not for I don't them. Know. It ain't for them. It's, it's, <laughs> in my research, I was I couldn't believe how expensive this. This I thought this tech's been yeah. running what ten years, give or yeah. take, since it started like rumbling. Mm. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe. I'm mean, sure there's cheaper headsets mm. out there. Absolutely, there is. But mm. the fact that the highest spec, cheapest one is only thirty quid off what Jim's being touting, and it's mm. of, you know, it won't be comparable in terms of what it can do visually and the tech inside yeah. it. I just think that this is a the VR in general is not mm. made or does, unless you want to do the Nintendo cardboard to it, <laughs> then have at it. But 
this clearly to me just drove home that actually it's mm. for a different audience and mm. obviously someone's crunched the numbers and saying if we sell it at this price and only sell it to a fraction of the people that have the PSVR uh, PlayStation mm. 5 we're still going to make some money on it and be able to have enough power to do some interesting things of our studios yeah like, you can't I just mean, have, you can't just keep wheeling out cheap turt because people are moaning it's cheap the first one was that and it wasn't even that cheap <laughs> cheap turt Crap, compared to other things on the market, it was deemed as fucking camera yeah. tracking it, fucking PS move to it. I don't know. I yeah, think- I just, it's just an interesting thing. Like, I always think that if a, if a console's doing it, they're trying to, I mean, we are talking last week about Phil and him trying to, you know, I've got all these. Up to. And what is know, he up and- to really now? He's getting told Why off for not growing. It? Why have they ignored it? Because it's not a mass market. Because the whole thing with Xbox is yeah. many as many people at a lower yeah. price. Let's do it that way. Yeah. Whereas Sony, even in the way they price their games at the moment, seventy UK pounds. It's like you'll the, those that want it will pay it, and we we can live off that mm. and do do pretty well out of it. I think it's just two different philosophies. One is to penetrate as many people as possible, and the other one's like, well, mm. we know the market can can accept a headset in this price range, or we think it can, we don't know. Mm. And we know that if we sell the units that we've made at this price, we'll make money. And if the software's there, then perhaps it'll grow. But it's not going to fly off the shelves. I, I, no. I, I completely agree that, that that optically, 530 quid is too much. But mm. VR in general, as I believe on my research has proved, is... is is quote unquote too much for my mm. tastes, but clearly uh, thirteen hundred quid <laughs> just for that. <laughs> Fuck me. Anyway, it was just interesting to layer it a bit more because yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, looking at just the Context numbers, it's easy just to chuck a few stones at them and go, "That's fucking ridiculous." But mm. when you look at what the market's doing, it's not a cheap hobby. You know, no. I mean, I clearly they felt they've priced it at reason, uh, what is a comparatively reasonable price for other VR products yeah. out there. Yeah. But I still think if they're looking at it that way, I mean, I don't know. It'd be interesting what the market research says because no doubt they've done some. But it just feels like the people that would buy those sort of expensive products are not the people that are going to buy this. I don't because mm. they've already got those expensive ones. They're not going to go. Oh, instead of buying that thirteen hundred pound one, I'll go and buy a. PlayStation headset, like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting, isn't it? But it feels it's for a console product. Still feels dear, but agreed, it's not going to penetrate yeah, the. They started charging hundred and fifty quid for controllers, and that's when you knew it was over. Like they're, they're going to try and. There's clearly a audience within the audience that have a lot of money that they want to spend on high ticket items, and I think that's who it's targeted as. And because- where is that money? <laughs> I don't know where it is, and I don't know what these people are doing. Uh. I need to get. I need to find it. It's bizarre. Yeah, but it's like what they call in mobile game when you get the whales that spend hundreds a month, thousands sometimes. Like it's just there, there is like this subset of people that we're not privy to that it does make me wonder. Hall, like, even some Hall of these mobile games. Hall is yeah. the closest thing I know to that because he just chucks money at Tur, but he doesn't. Yeah, but it, he does it specifically just, at, at this. Like he doesn't yeah. doesn't do it broadly. Nah. Like he just chucks it at this. But even he would balk at. at Something like that, but yeah. anyway, it's, yeah. If you want to play? Bizarre, want to play with the big boys? The way I look at it now is this is clearly for like 
I don't know, someone who collects Ferraris or whatever. They, to them, it's yeah. like, well, this is the price we pay. Pocket money. You know, to, mm. to us. I think it's difficult for us because we're like, well, we're on the cutting edge. We're on the front line. We're doing a gaming podcast. We obviously want to buy and play every type of game experience mm. out there. And even we we're like, fuck me. Yeah. I ain't paying that. And then you feel like you're leaving, being left out of something. But as I said, my experience with VR has not been very good. So I'm not, no. not overly concerned about giving this a miss. Um, it's a gimmick for me, and I'm not I'm not paying five hundred, six hundred pound for gimmicks. Yeah. I'm not in the business of doing that. But some people think it's brilliant and the best thing ever, mm. and they think they they love gaming via that medium. So you can understand yep. why they would want to invest in it. But yeah, there we go. Let the audience decide there whether that's. I'd be interested to see how it does. I'm assuming not very well, um, but we will see in, in due time. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 has enjoyed the most lucrative launch in the history of the long-running franchise. So Phil's efforts to play it down as a, you know, sort of a small fry up-and-comer IP, really looking a bit mm. silly now, a bit daft. That's according to publisher Activision, which claimed on Monday that the game topped $800 million in sales for its first three days of availability. In doing so, it surpassed the previous five-day franchise sales record set in 2011 by Modern Warfare 3. That was taken from Video Games Chronicle. Um, worth noting that this was being broadly um, sold at 70 UK pounds. And $70, therefore. So the monetary side, it's got a leg up on Modern Warfare 3. I don't know how much it was back. I feel like it's 50 back then. Well, and you anyway. can get this old edition as well, where they're chucking other oh, two away. That's yeah. about 100 quid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So there's, there's money to be made. Nonetheless, a return to form, to say the least. Um, before we get into other things about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, what do you make of make of this expected or even you did yeah. you raise an eyebrow and go core cool, bloody no, hell i think there's a couple of reasons why it's done so well so firstly i think it's come off uh you know a couple of i think everyone really enjoyed modern warfare right i think that was mm. a really enjoyable call of duty introduced Warzone, and then we had cold war which was kind of like okay reception and you know it got played and then we had vanguard which you know was in the dumps and i think everyone was you know naturally looking for and wanted to get excited for a really good call of duty and because it's infinity ward and everyone was really really enjoyed modern warfare i think it's natural to get excited about modern warfare too um and i think they've done it quite cleverly as well where they're positioning this as kind of a couple of sort of three weeks or so i think before warzone 2 comes out mm -hmm. so people are on here grinding the guns um, leveling the gums up, getting the attachments and everything for Warzone. So yeah. I think there's a pool of people that really wanted a good Call of Duty to play, and I think there's an increased pool of people that are just playing this and bought it yeah. so that they can level guns and do everything in preparation for Warzone's release. The so, fast follower no. of Warzone may have helped it then, is, a, is what you're saying there. Because I had said that will come in 2023, but maybe they, yeah. maybe they saw that it also increases demand of the... The franchise oh, 100% does. There's people that only bought Vanguard to level guns. That's it. <laughs> That's all they're doing yeah. it for. They're not playing it because they want to play Vanguard or even Cold War. Yeah. They're doing it and they bought it so they can get everything leveled up because it's easier to level guns up through multiplayer games than it is 
you know, while you're trying to play Warzone, you want your best attachments and everything and loadout ready for that Warzone encounter. You don't want to be missing that key attachment. So the way that they've set up the model is really clever in terms of incentivizing people to not play the free to play, yeah, yeah, but yeah. to play to funnel to, yourself to back into to paying out, and it's also then, and then get the battle pass for Warzone anyway. Yeah, pay it that way. So. For those that said, well, they're giving Call of Duty away for free, no, no one's going to play the original. They've put a nice, juicy bit of bait there for people to go and buy the 70 UK pound version and Absolutely. level up their gun. Yeah. So they're not silly okay. when they did that. Care- no, they, they know. They oh, know. I didn't. I thought it was careless, but proven completely wrong. Um, you actually came to me and was like, look, I need to be speaking about this Call of Duty. And I don't know if it's mm. positive or negative. I chucked out a comment. It was, it was having a bit of a more of a philosophical thing. It's like, when, at what point can full impressions be provided on a multiplayer game? And, it, and the games in question were Overwatch 2 and then in preparation mm. for some time down the line, Modern Warfare 2. Mm. But your response was, neither of them deserve it. And I was like, cool, he's, he's bitten both of them. <laughs> but we're here to talk about Modern Warfare 2. What's going on? What's going on under the hood? Because I'm seeing smashing success mm. from everywhere. But I'm also seeing, in fairness, um, you know, X bug has been fixed. Oh, new bug introduced, new exploit found. Mm. What's going on? You you got ear to the ground. You're trying to play it, and we was playing the division two, and you're blaming that for sloppy behaviour. So I'm not not happy with that. Yeah. I'm getting costed. I mean, where'd you start? So I guess it's um, you know a lot of people played the beta. I played the beta, enjoyed it. You know, thought okay, this is Call of Duty. It looks really good, right? It looks, you know, graphically, no complaints or anything. Like, I like the way the game looks. Yeah. Um, where do we start? So first problem is when you're in a lobby, um, you can't change any of your loadouts or do anything. It doesn't show you any of your character models, any of your guns, any of your levels, anything. You just, everyone looks the same. And you basically have to wait until you're in the game to be able to edit your loadout and do anything. Like you can't be in the lobby waiting and think, "Oh, I'll just tinker with that," because it's not your load. Like it shows just a random loadouts. So you like, just sit really there strange. and just stare at the screen until it lets you, you in. You have to sit there, and then once you're in the in the game and you're about to play, you can go in there and do your meddle with your loadouts. But you can't do that. So that's quite a, a fundamental bug that was really quite annoying. The menus are shocking. Like they've redesigned all the menus and the way that you navigate through it, and it's just appalling. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. It makes it so much more difficult to do anything. Like you're trying to invite people, trying to navigate through, like to things. If there's no kind of like stats and things, like it's just really they've reworked it but made it worse, and that makes mm. it frustrating. There was launch problems where people were getting kicked out of parties. And mid-game, your game would just freeze, and then you have to back out. Um, you'll queue for a couple of games, and someone will be a party leader, and then randomly it will stop. It will say that it's trying to search for a game, but it, it, it it's not. So you then have to change the party leader. So every two or three games, you have to change the party leader. Like, And I could go on, but essentially, kind of the experience is loaded with bugs at the minute. And it's no. a really, it's been a, re- it feels like an excessively buggy launch. I think is the way that I'd say to it. I'm used to having experiences with server issues and things with demand and stuff like that. That's like that's kind of like almost forgivable in that you go right, okay, well, there's a shitload of people playing this, but mm. 
like fundamental bugs with the game um seems really bizarre so that's the first element yeah right so any questions on that no. If not, move on. No, I was going to just say, well, it's sitting on a lovely 77 on Open Critic, so that doesn't sound too buggy to me. Well, I... 65 it reviews. It's been... It's bizarre. Anyway, <laughs> next problem. Right? They've completely redesigned the way that you level guns, unlock and level guns and get attachments, right? So usually, the gun unlocking process is tied to your character level or your your progress through the levels like 0 to 55 yeah so and you get perks and everything as you go through the levels right and that still remains to a certain degree however they've introduced a completely reworked gunsmith and you have to level up different guns to a certain level to unlock the next it's kind of like a gun family Right, so to unlock, right, right, right. You, you start off with like an assault rifle version. You then have to get that gun to level 18 before you unlock, say, the SMG version. And then you have to get that to a certain level before you unlock a battle rifle version. And, yeah, and you kind of have to go through it like that. Like I was trying to get to an SMG version of, the, of an M4A1. Yeah. But to do that, I had to go for a battle rifle version, which is quite possibly the worst gun on the game. Like So it literally forces you to play with diabolical weapon setups to unlock different guns. And you also have to use those guns to unlock attachments for other guns. So if I want a certain sight, I've got to get a shotgun to level 12. So I can't just <laughs> use my weapon that I like and level that up and get the attachments I want for it. I have to level... I have to... And some would say, oh, it's good because it means that not everyone's just always playing with the same guns wow. and have meta weapons and stuff. But the simple fact is it's, it's annoying and it forces you to play with guns that either don't suit your play style yeah. or you just don't Enjoy get it. along with. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, like, and it's, it just forces you down this alley. Like the other day I was actually playing it and I was like, I want to top myself. Like this is, <laughs> it was just so unenjoyable. And I was like, why is the game forcing me to play in a way that I don't enjoy? <laughs> So that I can get an attachment that will make my life easier. Like, yeah. I get a better sight that I'm more comfortable with. Like, it's just a really bizarre thing to do. And on top of that, it's just overly complicated. Yeah. Like, they've tried to rework it and give people more choice. But really, what they've done is just like, redesigned it in a way that doesn't make it as player-friendly, I think, personally. <laughs> it sounds almost as daft as that fucking challenge system that Halo Infinite had, where you... You know, it'd be like, yeah. well, get get free weapon, free kills with a yeah. sniper rifle to to get mm. the next sort of bit of experience. I was like, I don't want to use a sniper rifle. What? You, why is that? Yeah. I mean, it is. There is an element of that about it, mm. and I find myself having to go and use different guns. So as I'm learning the game, like I'm trying to figure out what attachments work and what look good and what don't, and which make the gun better overall to use and stuff. And it's like. You know, you just find yourself having to use guns on certain maps because then you, certain guns lend to certain play styles on certain maps, right? So if you've got a bigger map, you'll want a gun with a bit more range and stuff, so you'll choose an assault rifle. But instead of that, you go, oh, I need to use this SMG or whatever. So you find yourself running around and you haven't got enough range. It's just infuriating that oh. it makes you do that a little bit, right? Um, so that's kind of layer two to my frustration with the game. 
Layer three. It's a third. Well, there's there's more. I could go on for ages. The kill streaks are largely pointless, right? Because all the all the maps they've released with the opening game have very little outside, and most of them have a large amount of space inside. So kill streaks yeah. that use the air, chopper gutters, support choppers, air strikes, mortar strikes are largely pointless, and they're the higher end of the spectrum of the kill streaks. So you get to your kill streak. Which is fucking hard enough as it is, because there's always someone creeping up your arsehole because the spawn is ridiculous, and the map design's ridiculous. So it's hard enough to get there, and when you do get it, you don't really get any reward for it because there's no real open spaces on the maps. So this brings me on to point three: the maps. Now, apart from the fact that one of the maps I think at the moment is disabled because of copyright issues, because it's too like the real version, which is a ridiculous situation to be in, <laughs> oh, in the yeah, first place. <laughs> There are also another two that are potentially in scope for that because they're too like real world likeness. That reduces the map pull down anyway. On top of that, largely the maps are awful. Like they're just not well-designed maps in my view. There's a clip going around at the minute of a map where basically you're on a bridge. It's a border crossing and it's all cars, right? And there's a clip of a guy that spawns and practically for a minute spawn dies pretty much every time because people are lobbing grenades over blowing cars up and generally the feeling is the maps just don't play very well they're either slightly too big or they've got too many sight lines like they're just not that fun to play um so i mean that's a really quick rip whip round of my initial you know first three four five day experience of playing the game um you know, there are moments in there where you do have fun games. Yeah. And I haven't even touched on SBMM, so skill-based matchmaking yet, which is ultimately the biggest ruiner of Call of Duty today, and it has been for years. You, you just, It's just not enjoyable. I really wish they'd just remove skill-based matchmaking completely. Just do what I do and just be really poor for like the first month. And then, like, it don't matter. And then play... It don't matter. Oh. It, it don't matter. Okay. So if you play poor for the first month, it's done on your last recent games. So it'll go. Right. Basically, what happens is you'll have a good game, and it'll go. Oh, okay. Worldy. We'll put you against. Yeah, we'll put you up against players that have done similarly in their last games. So you come up against people all the time that are within either slightly above or slightly below your skill level, right? So that just makes every game kill die, kill die, kill die, kill die, because you're you're not coming up against people of different skill levels and the idea is that it averages it out so no one gets dicked on constantly or whatever but it just doesn't in real world practice in pub games like really what you want is public games anyone in there random and then in ranked modes that's where you come up against players and call of duty are modern warfare come out the other day saying yep we're gonna we're gonna be introducing a ranked mode well that's where skill-based matchmaking should come in not in mm. public team deathmatch yeah. games or whatever. It should be random. So crapped on it. There you go. I mean, it, you know, it's it's fundamentally it's fundamental mechanics are good. I like that they've removed slide cancelling because that was a plague in the last game. Um, <laughs> but even some of their movement options, right? So you can now dolphin dive forwards again, <laughs> but you can't shoot whilst you're dolphin diving. Well. So it's like, why have you added that mechanic in? Getting beyond cover quick. But it doesn't really. It, it, it doesn't really do it. Like the idea is surely, you know, from a gaming perspective, like you'd want to be able to have a shotgun and like dive right. through a door and kills, but you can't, like you can't shoot just whilst you're the air and get blown away. Yeah. It just makes you, it, you just can't do anything. So sometimes it's just like, what are you using those mechanics for? Like rather than just going, here's a dolphin dive. Well, what are you adding that to the game to introduce? Like 
what are you adding with that? Like, it's just a bit bizarre. Um, mm. You know, the gameplay's solid. Oh, sorry. And there's another thing I need to say, right, that I haven't touched on already, is that there's very little... The guns are completely unbalanced. Right. Like, the, you'd expect an SMG to be short range, and if you come up against someone with, say, an assault rifle, at a certain range, say 10, 15 metres, you'd expect to win that battle with an SMG. Like, yeah. obviously if you're hitting your shots and stuff but that doesn't happen right no. you fight there's there's literally no advantage to having a, an smg in this game like you just it's only disadvantages you get a bit more movement speed but in a gun battle you lose it every time to an assault yeah, rifle no, but at you, any rate you're unlocking your laser sight for your battle rifle it, uh, so the, the, and here's another thing that's commonly said adding attachments make the gun worse the base guns for some reason are better than when you add attachments it ruins them but anyway, the gun, yeah, and you've got people running around with marksman <laughs> rifles, right? And marksman rifles are, tend to be like one or two hit kills at long, medium to long range. You've got people that are running around with builds of marksman rifles and they're using them like shotguns. Mm. So you, you literally in lobbies and people are just running around with these marksman rifles like shotguns. It's just it, <laughs> the, the gun balancing is all really bizarre. Most guns are viable. But like, there's there's just no real like SMGs for short range, assault rifles medium range, marksman rifles snipers long range. There isn't that yeah. distinction. Everything is like short range, okay. And it just it's just really bizarre. Like the the way they've balanced it. Like the whole game is just a really bizarre setup for something that I'd expect better from Infinity Ward from an Activision. Wow. Like they're I don't know they why should know all this stuff. More of these tutors. Like. I feel like every year there's massive problems people have with the games generally. I don't know, it can be a myriad of but different But they're reasons. fundamental as well. They're yeah. fu they're, you know, there's all these things around it. There's bugs and things which you can almost forgive, right? And well, go, right, okay, well, we're going that road. You can forgive it to an extent. But like core gameplay, like map, the ways the map, the, the way the maps play and the way the guns feel and the balance between the guns is something you'd expect them to have figured out by now. Like, there's 20 years of Call of Duty, wow. and I'm getting someone running around with a marksman rifle silenced with a shot like a shotgun. Like, there's something clearly that's wrong. Like, you've, you've done something wrong there. You're not rewarding that player for using that gun. That They're just exploiting to me. it. Like that noob tube. I'll be well up for wow. using the marksman rifle as a shotgun. So, there you go. Wow. I, I'm conscious I could go on for too long, but essentially, he's not happy at the moment. It's not, it's not. It's not great. So, given that there's a you know free, free issues, well, free mm. types of issue that have multiple yeah. blowers underneath. What's mm. the confidence level that they get this to? I mean, what what's if they if nothing fundamentally yeah. changes? What are you, you going to carry on playing yeah. it, or will you walk away? Let's well, do the that. maps are the maps. Like well, this yeah, is the problem. Like yeah. the maps are the maps. I'd like to see like maybe the maps would play better if the guns were better balanced. Yeah, yeah. Like, as an example, right, a battle rifle, and just to elaborate on why my feelings like that, I, I elaborated earlier, I played the worst game in, worst gun in the game. It's called an FTAC Recon. It's basically, it's a battle rifle, single fire. You get 10 bullets with this single fire gun, right? Generally, a battle rifle, so it would be like a medium to long range, a two hit, kill, yeah. chest, heads, like something like that. Like, you, it takes three hits minimum to kill someone. Yeah. You've got 10 bullets. A pistol... Like sidearm, three hits to kill him. 
So what you're t- they've balanced a battle <laughs> rifle in the same way as a pistol at the same range. Lovely. Like it's just bizarre. Like this is what I mean. Like it's fundamentally. But if you've got a deagle headshot, one kill, like one shot. Like, as it yeah. should be. Deagle should always be OP. But there's no real like downsides to it. Like the, the gun balancing, I just feel is just a bit bizarre. Like in terms of like how they're broadly just balanced across the board. Um, so yeah, they you know if they rebalanced the guns and made them more viable at, at certain ranges and things like it might make the maps play slightly better um but broadly you know there's no like shipment style or rust style map no. like, it's really close range there's none that that map isn't there which mm. i find really weird for for a, a, an activision infinity ward game like there's this it's just a, it's just a bit bizarre really so it, it, i found it very underwhelming like i'm enjoying playing I'm playing it in a group, so I enjoy playing with my friends. But ultimately, the gaming experience isn't very good, I have mm. to say. Are they, other than the odd few games. Do that group have similar issues? Are you all sort of yeah. in there going, fucking hell, it's done that again. Oh, that prick with the yeah. fucking battle rifle just shotgunned me. Like, is that yeah. all? It's all yeah, okay. yeah, like literally a regular... If you joined a party well, I won't. when we were playing, I'm just saying if you did, <laughs> for, and you were in there for five, ten minutes, you'd literally just hear things like that. It's like, oh, you know, <laughs> great, he's running around. Yeah. Yeah, like literally, you can go from having a game where you get like twenty six kills with ten deaths hmm. to literally getting four kills and twenty two deaths the next game. Like it really does swing like that. It's just yeah. I mean, you know, there's one or two okay maps that I that I'd quite enjoy playing, but really as a launch, like to hate the majority of the maps and to not fundamentally enjoy the gameplay experience is is disappointing. I think. Yeah, doesn't sound ideal and. But it sounds like you're going to persevere with it anyway. Like if they, well, did, if they sat there like, and did nothing, and put feet up. No, not if. I mean, they, they are doing. You'll be something. back they in really... there, leveling those guns up for Warzone. Again, another thing that's annoyed me. Turned it on today. I've got a 50 gigabyte update. Yep. Standard. What are we doing? It was about 800 meg <laughs> on PlayStation. Emily on pay, pay, on PC. Why have I got a 50 gig update for this on the Xbox? I haven't got What's that cracking compression that the PlayStation 5's got. Mm-hmm. That's what old. Tech boy was saying, he said, "Look, all your all your file size would be different, it'd be be lower. That's what you pay for." Um, but yeah, they have released a, an update which seems to have slightly sorted out some of the issues on the front screen, but not all of them. But it's just from I think the reason I hold it in such higher to a higher level is because it's a, you know such a huge company with so much money and resource. Like yeah. to have these fundamental issues. And it's not even a new game. No. Right? It's a reiteration. They're comfortable with the engine. They know what they're doing. Like, why are we releasing it in this horrible state? It's just bizarre. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, and that's it. I promise. That is it now. I mean, they've pulled off. They've they've basically, various times, given other studios who have done other games outside Call of Duty and gone, right, you know, you're helping with Call of Duty, like liquidated mm. them into that machine. So they're not lacking resource and things no. like it's just I don't know. I'm I feel pleased that I'm not involved in any of this anymore because it just just be it'll drive me up the war. I think um, it's it's almost I wouldn't say it's heartbreaking, but it's just gutting because this <laughs> I had I, I was like I played the beta and I liked it and I was like this is this is more like it. This is more like a Call of Duty game. Yeah, and then you get served up with with Drew. this and it's just a bit like. What, what are we doing? And then everyone's going, oh, they need to bring back some of the old maps. I'm like, right. So now, no. what we're saying is they can't Go do anything beyond what they've done. 
yeah, we've got to go back into the archives for the good stuff. Like, why can't we bring it on to the next level? Uh, yeah, there you go. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. So people will be asking, like, when's when's time for gaming gallery chat? Like, in terms of just, maybe not Call of Duty specifically, but looking at multiplayer games, where do you, where do you stand? Is that campaign going to get looked at? Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that's annoying me, there's no co-op campaign, which there should yeah. be. There's co-op missions, but sh- I should at this point have a co-op campaign for that, and I don't. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm going to do the uh, do the campaign on it. Um, it looks quite good, to be fair. So, uh, And again, interestingly, they've also tied to some of the multiplayer character unlocks and things to doing oh. the single player and co-op. A missions. reason to play it for some of the multiplayer only people. Yeah, it's a reason to play it. But yeah, I want to I want to play it. I played... Um, obviously all the other modern warfare stories and this is kind of the rehash of that yeah. so yeah i'll be uh, i'll be picking that up at some point but i don't know at what point you review multiplayer no I well find that's, that really it's difficult a really difficult it? one because it is what it is i mean you know if i'm raying now it's a botch job but then it you know <laughs> well I always, it, say, it, I always say that whenever we speak about games they are a little snapshot of that game at that point lives yeah and things can be revisited even like single player games mm-hmm. i've gone back and revisited and had different yeah. opinions playing um and that's a game that's fairly static in terms of it's not going to fundamentally change or evolve or grow it, it was it was a replay and it, it i came out of a different perspective so nothing's set in stone forever but i am i'm tempted at some point just to come to you and go right draw a line under it now you tell us what's happening so Leave, yeah. that, leave that little bit of um, tantalising prospect for those at home to rehash oh, that entire ramp potentially. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm happy to once I've completed that campaign to kind of bottle it up as a, a game as a whole. Obviously, keep Warzone separate. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I think it's it's ultimately it's been a disappointing launch i think for for what would have been a really hotly anticipated game I and mean, i'm sure there's people that are out there playing it and they don't know any different but well, activision, um, activision don't know any different because they've just fucking blown in the money so they're going ah we've already got money in the bag i mean they've got a little tr- to be fair to them they've got a trello board up where they're actually saying these are all the known issues this is what we're working on and stuff yeah. like that. they're trying to be transparent at everything um but don't just don't release it like surely Wow. You've had three years to work on this. It has to come like, at that time. That's it. Well, and, and that that might, this might be the last time they have to do that because the rumor is next year it's taking a break. So, yeah. And when, if and when Microsoft own it, they may decide a completely different approach is needed, and that mm. we don't, you know, we don't stick to this, you know, October, late October, November release date, mm. like as like a gospel. We have to do this. Yeah. Um, it just gives more flexibility. But then I've long said that about Game Pass games. Just make sure they're out on the ready and Phil chucks out Halo Infinite and you're like, well... When there's money to be made, be like when it. you've got this sort of cash cow there. But um, I think the Warzone, the Warzone release has got to be a good one. Mm. I think that... And I'm sure they're looking at that with with at least one eye, if not, you know, basically two on that release. I think if that releases well, yeah. I think, it, you know, people will forgive the Modern Warfare and forget it. But yeah. it's just as a, I've I've been long. I think I've been long thinking. Oh, I've been missing a bit of multiplayer. Like I miss those days when I used to just play a bit of Search and Destroy, a bit of Kill Confirmed and stuff like that, rather than the endless Warzone grind that's yeah. kind of seeped in. And I've been playing it, and I'm like, this is not, it, it, this isn't enjoyable. Like I've been thinking, oh, I'd rather play bloody Warzone. It's just a, you know, it's just a bit of a, a disappointing release all round. I think. No, and yeah, Warzone Two will be. 
it's less than 10 days away. So mm. people will be, or less than two weeks away, sorry, November the 16th. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Right. We're going to, as we do, transition <clears throat> segment into some game impressions. This time, Adcock and myself are going to chat through The Quarry from Supermassive Games. Now, I've blown this because essentially what you're going to be forced to get is The Quarry this week. <laughs> you might get a gap next week because God of War impressions may well be lurking at that point. We should have hands on by then. And then the following week is The Devil in Me, which is the final part of the House of Ashes um, season one for that old, not House of Ashes, bloody Dark Pitch Anthology season. And I wanted that out close to when that final episode drops. And that's going to be Man of Medan, Little Hope and House of Ashes. So that's coming probably next next week, so in a couple of weeks' time. And I thought the uh, the devil in me was at the end of the month, so I blew the, the scheduling, cost myself. <laughs> so now that's going to have to be squeezed in willy-nilly, meaning another bumper episode for the audience at home. Anyway, nothing more for us to say for this particular part of Idle Game Chat, but we will see you on the other side. Here we are then, back with some game impressions. This time I'm joined by Pac-Man himself, Tom Adcock, sitting there waiting to talk about The Quarry. A spiritual successor to Until Dawn. Narrative-based horror. This doesn't seem like your bag, other than the horror part. It's grown on me, mate. It's the third one I've played now, so uh, mm. coming to terms with the uh, the genre. And you're right, yeah, I do like a horror. Yeah, I'm all for it. Classic, teen, campfire horror. So yeah, I see it. I don't know why, to be honest. I mean, I guess maybe there's just not that many games that have interested me this year. It's not been, and, uh, not been a great year, is it? No, and I've played all of these in some kind of co-op form, which is always good fun. And sort of forces me to play then. Not that I needed it, but uh, yeah. So that was that's the quarry. Yeah. So this was released tenth for tenth for June twenty twenty two, and really, I mean, the elevator pitch is that it's, it's an until dawn spiritual successor, not a not a sequel in any way, um, and it's a horror narrative based game. I'm kind of, and just a little bit of cards on the table, just sort of a, a smooth transition. I'm up to speed on everything that Supermassive Games have been doing because they've also been churning out the Dark Pictures anthology, which they've done free of, hopefully still by the time people have listened to this. And a fourth is coming out. As we record this, delays notwithstanding, um, later on this year, so I've played for all of those, and I've actually played them in in order. Uh, you've what you've done, Man of Medan, Until Dawn, and now this from the Supermassive sort of stable, not other, you know, people that have tried their Correct, luck. Correct, yeah. And I guess from my perspective, I generally like these games. I couldn't play them twenty four seven all the time. Like they're out every week. Obviously, I think as with all things, they say you've got to have a healthy, balanced diet. This can make up a good part of that balanced diet now and again. 
You know, I don't want to be saying I don't want to be sitting there playing Elden Ring twenty four seven either. You know, relentlessly. Don't want to be playing Horizon twenty four seven relentlessly. So these games, some people have a real issue with them because they're like, oh, they're not games. Or I've never been like that. I've always been on the side of no, I I enjoy these, and generally have enjoyed other narrative based games, whether it's Life is Strange, starting off with the Walking Dead series or the Telltale's seasons that they pumped out there. But what about you when it comes to narrative-based stuff and maybe specifically supermassive stuff? Because you've had a had a crack at at least two of them before. Yeah, it's a little bit... I guess I'm a little bit different to you in that um, I definitely played um, The Walking Dead, the first season, uh, mm. Clementine, first, before I played any of the supermassive games. And I mm. loved that. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And then I played Until Dawn. And I thought it was good, but to be honest, I was definitely in the camp of that's not a game. That's uh, right. a, a film with quick time events. I just didn't kind of, I just didn't really understand the appeal as much. Enjoyed it still, but more the experience of playing with like um, friends and family. I played Man and Madame with you, which to be fair yep. is definitely probably a weaker storyline, mm. probably a weaker game overall, but I enjoyed it more. And then I'm not really sure, you know, I wasn't really looking out for the quarry, but then saw it released, saw it got good reviews, like remembering those previous experiences. I just thought, you know what? I've got nothing else to play. I fancy a bit of that. So jumped in. Yeah. Uh, and, and why not? Um, the only other thing really from my perspective to point out, and this, uh, providing I don't forget, this will be important come when we close up but i i delve quite deeply into the quarry multiple playthroughs two complete full ones and tacked on a bit of experimentation for other outcomes slash trophies slash just let's see what happens type thing which i don't typically do what i've been doing with the dark pictures anthology is one playthrough normally and the second playthrough, they've actually got what they call the curator's cut, where you go through 60% of the game as a different character. There's a little bit of overlap. Yeah. It's not completely new, but you get a different perspective. And you can get through okay. that in like half the time, unless you're still collecting, looking for collectibles and things. But I don't typically do that. Um, and that's about what I do. Sort of two playthroughs, 1.5 in reality when you think about it, and then done. This, I was in... I don't know, I was in there tons. I was messing around with it for way longer than I thought I would. And you might be thinking, oh, that sounds like it's great then. Well, the, one of the problems was that it, it wasn't a great experience and that's why it took so long. But I'll get to that right at the end. So just keep that, sort of plant that seed so that I'll be coming to sort of hammer supermassive games towards the back end. Let's set the stage quickly. I'm just going to read out, I like to do this now, read out what's on the store page. So that okay. the guys at home can get an idea of what's being marketed to them. And then you can either raise your eyebrows and be like, well, that's massive lies there or kind of nod along to it. But <clears throat> here's what we've got in terms of uh, a store page it's on the PlayStation Store. We played this both on the PS5. You bought the physical disc and lent it to me, which was very kind of you. So that's how I jumped in on this. And um, here's what we've got. They've got to say to themselves. As the sun sets on the last day of summer camp, the councillors of Hackett Quarry throw a party to celebrate. Things quickly take a turn for the worse. 
hunted by blood-drenched locals and something far more sinister, the teens' party plans unravel into un- an unpredictable night of horror. Players each of the nine counselors in a thrilling cinematic tale where every decision shapes your story. And it's got a few little, like, taglines and what. Your story, their fate. A stunning cinematic experience. Enjoy the fright with friends. Customise your experience. But um, that's how they're selling it. That's what's being pumped out on the store there. So you guys keep that in mind. Um, these are always tricky to talk about because obviously a lot of the game hinges on the narrative and whatnot. So we're going to tread as carefully as we can. And let's do it this way. How did you feel overall, start to finish, about the quarry in terms of the beat-to-beat narrative, knowing that things can go completely differently depending on you know outcomes and what you're up to, which is a, a cool thing about these games. They do have a lot of different outcomes. But you know, considering the time you spent with it, you went through and played through it a second, well, about half another time, I guess, because you skipped the first few chapters. But how was you, when you sat down and finished sort of both your playthroughs, and was like, in terms of story, how does that hold up? I quite enjoyed it um storyline i mean i i wouldn't say any of these games personally for me have had mind-blowing stories they're kind of your typical horror Mm. you know set up and execution really um i like the fact that the threat here was more supernatural i don't want to spoil anything than in one of the other games i played which maybe was a bit fake out Mm. um anyway so i enjoyed that aspect i I enjoyed my experience in that we played through once and done horribly but that made for some really funny like experiences talk about that actually talk Um, about how you played it i think that's important because i played it obviously mm. completely differently yeah yeah so I played it with family, two nephews, um, passing the pad. We done like, you can set it up literally yeah. couch, couch co-op. Um, and we, you can literally choose your characters. You can move them around and you get an even like pick of the characters. Yeah. Um, I made it quite good, except for, I think I said to you offline that, um, we, we kind of moved what was, I assume the optimum setup. And I just moved it around a lot, which meant that sometimes one of us would have three chapters or three parts of a chapter in a row before the other person got to go. So the advice, the, end, we just... the advice there is to leave the, 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 the game to decide who's going to be what yeah. player because it will try and distribute yeah. it somewhat evenly. Exactly, yeah. So don't do what I did. That's moronic. Didn't even know who the characters were at that point either, so nah, pointless. No idea. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so we had the first playthrough and done it all, you know, just as we thought the decision should be made, went pretty much wrong on multiple aspects to the point where we didn't even see the last couple of chapters, Mm. um, which led to us doing a second playthrough um, where we tried to right our wrongs, which we, for the most part, I think we did. Because I I think I have read now, you can keep more people alive than we managed to, but only just. Like we saw one of the, you know, more decent endings. And I really enjoyed that, um, if I'm honest, because I, I like the fact that you could just avoid the first few chapters, which are really just your character development, your setup. Yeah. But like you said, we missed, I think it's probably ch- up to chapter three of 
12, I think there is. I think maybe one's an epilogue or something. No, not much happens. Um, so that was nice. Um, they gave you the option to do that. And yeah, like, as I said, I'd probably like to go back and play Until Dawn, which I think most people consider the strongest mm. because of my, like, initial thoughts of it. Now that I'm more into the genre, I feel like I'd probably enjoy it a lot more. And I can't really remember it. But no. I would say I enjoyed this experience the most of the three I've played so far. Oh, well, that's good. That's good to hear for sure. Yeah, I played it completely differently, so I played it on my own both times, no input, headphones on, so get those those that's tension ranked up and the, the scares come thick and fast. And yeah, I think in terms of the, I, I enjoyed the, the overall kind of story and what's going on here as well. I think it was um it was good. I certainly enjoyed it more than Until Dawn, which I'm I'm kind of I don't want to compare it too much to Dark Pitch's anthology because there's a discrepancy in the price, which we'll probably get on later. They're clearly lower budget titles and they're coming out yearly. This is much more of like, okay, Until Dawn levels of length. You know, I think my first playthrough clocked in at nine hours exactly. And then yeah. the second one I went through in about six or seven because I wasn't looking for collectibles and kind of knew where to go, etc. Um but no, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a it was a good crack and the you know what what occurs on, on, on the on the quarry is, is good fun and I got a pretty decent outcome the first time. Still didn't keep everyone alive. Like I think that's it's difficult to do. I kind of knew where I'd gone wrong or I thought I'd gone wrong and and went back to sort of try and correct that. Then I was looking at like, oh can I do an all death run but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts in these games. A lot of stuff under the hood that you kind of don't don't appreciate. Um, but generally, whatever outcome I ended up with, I was pretty pretty satisfied with. And I think what helps it really is is how well acted the the game is, in my opinion. Um, the characters themselves, I mean, I think it's fair to say it's a bit well, it's it's horror genre relatable sort of teens they all look massively too old to be teens i've never understood about it like it's like one of them would be like, hang on a minute there's no way you'd be behaving like that like are they 18 because i get i get confused with americans because they don't finish school till later do they it seems like they don't pack up till they're adults then they're off to college straight away yeah i, all, could all, I don't think because they're all talking about going to college, to college aren't they Right, yeah. I think at least a few of them are. So, I mean, summer camp, you're going to be a young... You're not going to be above, like, 21, I guess. But I can't imagine most. doing that job. What's the, what are the, a counsellor? Like, it sounds like the worst job in the world. You've done it. Done it. Done it, yeah. In America? Yeah. In America, yeah. Mate. No horror. No, well... Mate. That just sounds like the worst thing in the world to me. Is it? I see. It's crazy. You know what? So, I did it like a... I was what they called a general counsellor. So my day, I would like you have like a bunk for the kids, and some counsellors would be like specialists. So they would be like the swimming counsellor, whatever. So they yeah. would sit at a little like pool or a ropes course, yeah. and people would come through and they'd do the same thing day in day out. Whereas I had no skills. Video games aren't really a thing <laughs> in summer camp. Um, so I like basically was a general counsellor and followed my kids around. So like my days were just like constant like fun, you know. I got to see all my friends who were working there. Got to play like football for a bit. Got to like you know climb some ropes. Got to play some weird American games called Gaga and whatnot. It was good fun. I loved it. Easy, like that was the bad part. Trying to do like acting, like they'd have like like shows and things at night, and you try they'll try and make you all get involved. Oh and yeah, yeah. Americans yeah. are way too like. <laughs> 
happy to sing and dance and like I'm a moody Englishman. I don't want to be doing any of that. No, yeah, I can imagine that being a being a pain in the ass. Um, but no, going back to that, I don't, I can't, I can't relate to this because I've never experienced it. But I, at least you have, so that's um, <laughs> that's that's reasonably interesting. But what did you think of characters and acting? And then we'll get into the actual actors and actresses that were kind of in it, but because they have to carry a lot of what these games are. If it, if it falls apart at the seams, either story wise or acting slash dialogue and character wise, you're in for a tough nine hours. Yeah, I mean, this first bit sounds a bit harsh, but bear with me. In that My... characters kind of like poor, but just cliches My... of exactly what you'd expect to see in a teen Kratos coming of age father. It's all there. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like they're kids at a summer camp. It's yeah. a horror game movie. Like, you know, you've got every, you've got the cocky one, you've got the pretty one, you've got the quiet one, you've got all the cliches of people. So the characters, I wouldn't say are particularly good. Mm. So they've got some heavyweight actors behind them, you know, proper Hollywood people, people in TV shows, people in movies, and it shows. Mm. Like, the light, everything's delivered well. They actually make you invested in the characters for the most part. Do you know what? I've got a question for you, actually. You know, because obviously the game starts, you don't see them at summer camp. You don't know if they've been smacking kids and stuff. Yeah. You kind of get an overview of people. So do you try and play them how you think they're meant to be? Or do you just uh, try and make them all nice? Or It's a good question, and there's a few answers. So, initially, so I have, in the past, tried to sort of follow what I feel would be the right response. Over time, yeah. I've learned that you'll likely get punished for... Say if one of them's cocky and just a bit of an arsehole. If you keep choosing those options they will come unstuck pretty early and then you kind of, I feel like you lose a bit of the story once someone's gone. So I try to yeah. do, so what I try and do now, and I was actually toying with doing the opposite first of all, but I, but I think it would be an even bigger disaster, but try and do the morally right thing, like whatever the options okay. are. And sometimes the, uh, what I like about this, you get kind of get two responses. I didn't like the fact they removed the sort of say nothing response. That... I like to be able to sometimes, when someone says something, if they're talking in a group, just not get involved and just let them sort of have at it. But in this, you kind of have to choose a a response of sorts. But what I found... Interesting. What I found good about... I forgot that. Yeah. Oh, go on, carry on. But what I liked about the, the choices they did give you, it felt like whatever I'm going to say here feels it's in line with their character. So someone who's cocky and, you know, a bit of a, a lad, for lack of a better term, they're still going to deliver the line in such a way... And there's not going to be an option there for them suddenly to completely change character. It's it's all still there. Um, but going back to there being no say nothing, that was an option that's not that is present in the Dark Pictures games. Also, there's no view of each character's relationship with the other counsellors and their character traits. So, in the Dark Pictures games, every time you control a character, you press pause. It shows their little face the same way, pops up, and you like, can move them around, all that shit. On the right-hand side, it has like their traits based on how you've been kind of behaving with them. So, it might be arrogant, okay. uh, empathetic, sad. Like, and it, 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 it does... I don't know how much it changes, but it, I've done enough playthroughs where it changes quite a bit, and it'll, it'll show a different personality trait. That's important because when you're not controlling that character they will then behave based on those traits you've kind of printed on them 
I didn't get the oh, feeling yeah. that happened okay. in this. It felt a little bit less dynamic from that perspective. It was, it felt like that was maybe it was going on, but because they never communicated that being a system, I was a bit like, are, are they just going to behave the same? And and when I did my second playthrough, I noticed that the characters did basically say the same thing when the AI was controlling them. In the Dark Pictures games, they don't. Like if you've needled them with a particular character and, and, and bombed their relationship, they will respond quite adversarially to you. Whereas if you've, you know, been nice to them, they will respond nicely. And that can block off and create different paths in the dark pictures. If someone's not happy with you as a character, they that can chop off an opportunity to, for, 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 for help or support or something like that. I never got the feeling that was the case here. It never felt like it went that, that deep. And it may well have just been because it wasn't communicated in any way. There was no way to visibly see this. But in my two playthroughs and my experimentation, it was very much, it's the same no matter kind of what you do. Um, the AI has less focus on what they can, how they can kind of interact when you're not directly controlling that character. I know I should know this because I've played Man of Medan, but I'm assuming this had a significantly bigger cast than the Dark Pictures games. Yeah, I wonder so if that's the reason. Oh, possibly, yeah. I mean, there's five... one or two characters. Yeah, there's, I think there's five in, in Man of Medan, so about half. Um, yeah. But still, that's something that... I always enjoyed messing with and seeing yeah, how, yeah. and you would you'd see it in the dark pictures games you'd see the, the the kind of change in the the AI responding to you throughout the game and it felt a bit more natural that those relationships were developed and kept throughout whereas on here you'd say something really pissy to someone there'll be you know back and forth you'd keep needling them and then suddenly because there's a, a canned sort of moment they would be back on like good terms and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. It may be well that it might be that the dark pitch anthology have, have manipulated me and that none of that's really going on. But it just at least it felt like under the hood there's a lot more churn going on in terms of dynamic moments. Um so that was a that was a bit of a, a that was a, something I noticed straight away as soon as I played it was in general it felt like you had less input here. Just yeah. in, just in general for conversations and and what you're doing felt like you didn't have as many chances to kind of interject. However, when you do interject, most of the time it mattered. So it's kind of a balance between making you just get involved for the sake of it, you know, just to have you interact. But yeah, there's some differences, certainly between this. And considering they're from the same studio, I thought they'd be a lot more aligned, but evidently yeah. evidently not. We, we touched about the, the characters themselves and talked a little bit about the, the, the talent that's involved in delivering these lines. Um... I must admit, I only knew David Arquette from from these. I didn't know any of the other people. I didn't feel like I, I recognised them. Um, there's oh, the one chap in there was is the guy out of Earl. What was that thing about saving Earl or whatever it is? Some comedy where he's trying oh, to make up for his yeah. karma. Um, what was that? My name is my Earl. name is Earl. Yeah, he's he's like his yeah. big big mate. Um, in oh, that, he's, in he's the he's one of the one of the Hackett sons, like part of the Hackett family. So, the one with the dungarees on, he's the big fella. Yeah, so he's he's been yeah, cast for that. that makes but sense. other than yeah. other than those two, and I didn't know that till I'd looked it up. Obviously, I recognised David Arquette, but none of the others I recognised. What about you? Did you recognise any of these people? Ted, so Arquette, Ted obviously. Yeah. And then the other one who I pegged Just, straight away, although I couldn't place her for a while, 
I, uh, I can't think of her name in the game, but the girl, she's from Modern Family, plays one of the daughters. Oh, is it Abigail? Um, I think it might have been Abigail. Yeah. Ariel Winter. She was the first. Yeah. Yep. Big time. Yeah. So, because like, I mean, her character model is literally spot on, but I haven't seen it that show in about two or three years. So I, I kind of, you know, when you know, you know someone, then as soon as I looked it up, I was like, yeah, of course it is. So, yeah, yeah those those two were the ones that yeah. came out straight away. I'd argue that Arquette is not at his best here. I mean, no. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Like, I don't. It wasn't bad, but I felt like everyone else was pretty good. Like mostly, agree with mostly that, very yeah. good. But it was weird to sort of see him floundering amongst the young talent. Then again, they got to put that shit on their face. I don't know if you've seen the behind the scenes. They put that mountain system point. He's probably too old and like, what's all this? Yeah, know. it's kind of what's. <laughs> Get me into scream. Yeah. Good. In well, there. there's that. There's that. What's it called? Um, Peacock series, I think. Is it Peacock or Paramount? They're doing a scream. Sort of follow up. Oh my god, so, he's in it. Of course he is. So that's that. He's been on TV in fifteen years, has he? <laughs> he's Might been, not be true, actually. I don't know. No, I don't know. No, I don't know. He's been wrestling. He's he's, he went back to wrestling for a while because. But you say went back to wrestling. I didn't know he was in wrestling. <laughs> so in two thousand or two thousand and one, WCW yeah. when it was like failing. So this was like big time, yeah. like the last years, basically. He was in there as a character and won the sort of main world heavyweight championship. And that's unsurprisingly one of the big reasons why WCW went under because real fans were kind of like, "What is going on here?" David Arquette's the champ, but then he, because he, and I'm sort, I may well be getting this wrong, but there's a documentary about it. It says you cannot kill David Arquette, and it's him wanting to go back and do it properly because he felt like he sort of was responsible for, was, for bringing down WCW, kind of like didn't respect the business and whatnot. Yeah, and he went out and like tried to do it properly on like the indies so i have a little tip there now acted involved for our kit so it might be good um in terms of interaction we've got quick time events you can wander around the camera angles generally were okay because they give you free movement of the camera however they still have moments where that's not the case and you have this fixed camera and you sort of walk in suddenly it'll cut and then you walk in the other way and again, people go, oh, Resident Evil, like, people are realising when they play these games that actually they need banning completely. I don't know why they couldn't make it all free camera. Sort of, well, I know what they do, because they can, they can set the camera up and jump scare you easier. It's, just, it's as simple as that. But in terms of the, the, the playability of it, we know it's limited, but how did you get on with the, the QTEs and the fucking stop breathing mechanic that they implemented yeah, fine. I, do you know, if anything, and it's interesting because I know uh, you sent me something today about this, but I did think they were all a bit simple, mm. if you know what I mean. For, like, I feel like maybe that's not the case. I'm sure you'll have something to say about that in a second. But yeah, like they were fine. Um, I just remember I got someone killed until dawn. I felt like it was almost impossible in the quick time events to do this. Like, you know, we, we, I'd always take the shortcut to do the more quick time events. Because yeah. it was quite easy, like it would be up, down, left or right, but you had like both sticks as an option. And like for me, I'm like in my old brain, when it's like um, square triangle X and O, yeah. even though like I know exactly where they are, when it's quick time, I'm like, oh, yeah. no, doing like Pro Evo and I can blow it. When it's just directional, I'm like, that's not going to happen. And then the don't breathe um, 
effect is basically you, if you choose to hide often, an enemy will come into your like vicinity, it'll be like a red mist on the screen. Yeah. And essentially you just hold X yeah. and you you seem to have plenty of air. Yeah. So you hold when X. he goes, you can just let... Yeah, you hold X and then when the red thing disappears, you let go of X. And there's no, yeah, that's you can't it. die doing that. I thought, so, yeah. because there's a, there's a bunch of tutorials that go into the game, these like little cute cartoons, remind me a little bit of Bioshock or um, Fallout. They kind of go through, okay. it's like a little cartoon oh, that runs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hack it, quarry. Yeah. It's all like, sort yeah. of trying to show you. I thought you could, even once the threat had gone, so the, the red mist had gone, your, your controller stopped vibrating, that if you, that, that basically sometimes they might fake you out, that you'd do that and they would actually be still nearby. So you had to wait. Yeah, so yeah. You kept saying, wait for the right moment. Not the first, the right and I, I, and the first few times, if you hold it, it will give you an opportunity to start with, go, yeah. and the bar will go down. And then right at the end, there'll be another one. And I was like, okay, so it's trying right. to make me wait to that second time. Obviously, when it mattered at one point, that that option didn't happen. And I, I ran the clock down and I went, <gasps> and then I got killed. Like, no way of getting out of it. I was extremely angry yeah. at that because it's the easiest it's so easy yeah. and that's I thought it must be more complex than this and because I'd never been punished earlier on in the game I thought I was fine so no you literally hold X and then when the when the red mist disappears from the screen and your controller stops vibrating which is at the same time just let go of X and you will get through yeah, that, you're good that moment and then all the other QTEs are directional so you just flick the analog uh-huh. stick you know what I got over overcomplicated that as well. I thought we'd hold circle and press the direction. <laughs> Didn't fail any of those, but again, thought it can't just be flicking the stick. It can't be. No, it was. And then you've got the classic ones where you have to mash a button, you know. It's all yeah, it's yeah, all very again. easy it's all very easy stuff, like you said. Naturally they've released a patch um to where you can choose to increase the difficulty of that. And they've been promoting it as like, oh, you get extra story, and I was like, oh, you get less story usually if someone dies. So don't, don't completely <laughs> lie to people. But that's out now, and if you want to turn that on, you can. The reason why I thought it was interesting is because the game or this game, the Quarry, started off as a what I was going to call a, a signature Stadia game. So Stadia is the streaming technology from Google, and I had the thought that maybe because it was set up initially to be a streaming game where there's a bit of latency either way, you know, it's, it might not be perfect, whether they just narrowed down and made the quick time events easier to account for any latency either side. Now, 2K came along and saved the game, basically. It wasn't going to get published. It was going to get cancelled. They came along and said, look, we'll give you the money to finish it, publish it, take a cut, etc. So they could have gone in and reworked it, and it, they may have just decided this is going to be an easier option. But again, comparing it to the Dark Pictures games, they are there's no directional stuff. It's all you know face buttons, and the hide stuff like holding your breath. It's a heartbeat thing, and you have to time the the X presses to go boom, 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 boom. There's a visual cue, much uh, okay. much easier to yeah. get wrong, but also in my opinion, easier to kind of make sense of. But yeah, that was yeah. kind of my little factoid that the quarry started life as a stadia streaming title so that may well have impacted some of the stuff going on and also if people felt they cut corners somewhere this was going to go on the chopping block at some point until 2k of all people came along and sort of saved it so worth keeping that in mind i guess that it would have just it would have just gone away is there anything else you want to touch upon 
it's difficult, isn't it? Because I do, but it's more like the story beats things which we're not allowed to obviously go into. Um, mm. And then some of the... Because the thing, you know, a lot of the sort of fun in this game comes from making... Well, I guess making wrong decisions and then going back and fixing them. Yeah. But um, I would say there's a couple of like... Without spoiling anything, there's randomness. Like, I know you had an instance and we had one where... It's like a 50-50 toss-up. There's no mm. like, there's no sensible decision to make to keep someone alive. You you roll the dice and then you get absolutely murked and yeah. you're stuck with that. So uh, I feel like, I think maybe that happened to you and to me. And I was like, this, I don't know, it just felt like it was just a bit cheap, you know. There's no way, there's no yeah. character beats or no decisions you can make. It's literally A or B. Yeah. Both seem as equally safe, I guess. Maybe in hindsight, maybe not, but still, like, seemed a bit cheap, really. Yeah, I definitely had one that I was not happy with, so I felt I was like, that's that's cheap. And then another one was that mistake from that breathing fucking game. So I was, oh. fu- I was fuming on both accounts. So I felt like I'd been s- stitched up majorly there. Um, interestingly, when if you, sorry, let me, if you, there's a certain version of the game that unlocks this to start with, but once you've played for it once, it unlocks a rewind mode. I don't know if you got this. When you win and replayed it, it. Must have, yeah. Basically, throughout your playthrough, then att- you get free attempts to go back. So now I don't, I don't yeah. know necessarily if I'd want to use that on a first playthrough at all. I kind of feel like it, it is what it is. But going back, that's a bit of a halfway house to stop you making a mess of it. The, the trouble is the way that you can get yourself into a pickle. If you want to use the rewind feature to save someone, this is no joke because I, I made it happen because I wanted to test if it was still a thing. You could be in chapter 10, which is like the back end of the game, and it's like, oh, so-and-so's just died. Do you want to save him? Like, oh, yeah, cool. So it goes, okay, if you want to do that, you have to go out to chapter one. One. Oh, what, and then skip back to 10? and re- No, no, play from one and do the whole game again. I mean... Always one. Always that, no, not in always. That instance, for, that's for where that the instance, original decision... Exactly, which I kind of appreciate, but at the same time, who's... Who in their right mind is going to take that trade off and replay eighty-eight percent of the game again just to redo that decision and hope you don't balls up a QT on the way because you know you do that they're dead you know you might you might kill someone else in, inadvertently. Yes, you feel like well, the best way to do that would be to you make the initial decision, then it fast tracks you to all the other decisions along the way for that character. Yeah. Yeah. But assuming that you've made all the same decisions for all the others just to get you back. Yeah. You know, within, I don't know, 30 minutes or an hour, not nine hours. Not nine hours, no. And this plays into Ooh. one of my major criticisms. And it's a very specific scenario-based criticism because you can play this game once and it will never affect you. But if you want to go back into this game, dive into it, find the secrets, God forbid you want to get the Platinum Trophy in this thing because I've looked at some of them and I just think, how? How much time would this take? It will take 10 times longer than you need to. Anyway, my advice is don't because... The quarry does such a bad job at being flexible. And again, first playthrough, all bets are off. Let's just run with it. Whatever happens, happens. Once someone's done that, there needs to be tools, in my opinion, for you to be able to go back piecemeal by piecemeal, redo certain decisions, change outcomes. That is not the case in the quarry. The way that it operates is that you end up losing, in most cases, huge chunks of time. Because there's no way to skip non-interactive cutscenes either. 
So you have to just yeah. no, sit, yeah. sit through those again. The chapter select is there, and I was like, okay, this will save the day. But again, it's only segregated by the chapters. Now, the chapters, for the most part, this is one thing I did like, I say two-thirds of the game are really well-paced. It's sort of probably between 45 minutes and an hour. Like a nice nice pace, sort of jetting along. The back third, they sort of blow over an hour. You're kind of sitting there thinking, right, they've clearly just padded the back end of this. So you want to go back three chapters to change one thing to get a new outcome at the very end. You have to replay three hours of the game. There's no way to make it quicker. There's no fast-forward. There's, there's nothing like that. And... The asinine thing about what's this... mad there, mate. What's mad is one of those back end chapters, the one set in the jail. Yeah, I don't think you can make any decision there that has any impact at all on anything, but you still have to watch. Well, actually, I guess there are. I, you know, we played it the same both times, mm. but it's like a flashback. Yeah. Uh, um. So, so I can't see how anything you do there could affect anything main game maybe one decision it's, perhaps i don't know yeah, there's like one thing that's matters there but again if you've but if you want to go back and just change that one thing for something that happens in chapter 10 you have to go back to i think it's like chapter six or something and then play seven eight nine and ten to see it through uh, and it's not it's not even just that because you've got you've got 11 chapters in there including the prologue okay House of Ashes. This is this the you know the the anthology game from last year, twenty twenty one. That's got twenty four chapters or scenes to select from. Okay. So you've got eleven versus twenty four. It's also half the length. So you think how much easier it is to get a, go back to a granular moment and redo just that piece and watch an outcome, earn a trophy, do whatever. This is twice the length and has half the amount of just rewind points. It's crazy. And they're in the same fucking development team. You'd think all these good ideas would bubble to the top and then sort of waterfall down. Say, oh, we've got this good sort of option in here where people can rewind or we're going to do granular scene skipping. No, the quarry feels like it's made by a different developer from this perspective. And I understand there's two teams doing this, but surely some sort of synergy between the teams could it be the stadia thing again though do you think maybe where this has been in maybe. development a lot longer and the anthology games are actually effectively newer they're starting to lap you know it maybe I mean? yeah, well, yeah because you yeah. could be right we have no no idea how long this sat on the the shit pile for and it, and like i said 2k came along and said finish it i doubt they said take as much time as you need <clears throat> they probably said yeah. look get this out by the summer or we'll, we'll say goodbye again so I'm starting to see this story becoming like it's clearly to me impacted the game. And um, if you want to go back in and kind of do all this stuff again, it's such a chore. It's horrible. It's a horrible experience going in and experimenting. And guess what? One of the fun things to do with this game, if you're that way inclined, is to go back and experiment, see how things go, go down different paths. And they just make it so difficult here. It's definitely not perfect in the anthology games. Dark pictures are not perfect. But compared to this, you think, well, they must have been doing this for 10 years and, and learned all this knowledge. It's, and what they really need, all these games, is some sort of rewind where you can just hold like L2 and just go back as far as you want. Yeah. You know, again, make it unlockable. Don't put it in first run or have it optional to be turned on or off. But that part of it really annoyed me 
after I'd finished the game sort of twice, I wanted to go back and see other things and it was just fighting against the game, like replaying and watching. I must have seen those last three chapters six times. And it's just like, it's a better way. And you guys have already done it. So I don't know what you're doing with this one, but there are better ways to be behaving with this. But like I said, that's only a problem if you want to go back and do all that stuff. You're just going to do a one and done. You can almost ignore what I've said there, but I had to rant. I had to. Because for some reason, they've decided to not only reduce the amount of points that you can go back to, but made the back chapters really long as well, just to really sink the time out of you. And also, once you once you go back to a chapter, it overwrites your progress from your main yeah. save. Yeah. Guess what you can do in the Dark Pictures anthology? It asks you, do you want to overwrite this one or create a new one? Then you can splinter that one off and do whatever you want to do on it and keep that one. Last thing, the collectibles in this, okay? They're part of the games I enjoy. When you pick them up, you get a bit of like background lore, all good. It doesn't track your collectibles throughout the game. It only, tra- it tra- it only tracks them through your playthrough. So, if- so the only way to get the trophy to get all the collectibles is to start from the beginning and get every single one on that run. You can't play the game once, oh get, 80, get 80% of them, then go back and do the last 20%. It just resets it all. There's no, and again, guess what the Dark Pictures anthology has? This is all tracked universally in the game. So if you start a new save, it's like, oh, you've already got these six. Don't worry about those. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> I mean, that's mad. It's, I mean, what it's, are they thinking? Had I not played the other games, I wouldn't have had that insight, to be honest. I'd have just been like, oh, yeah, it's just, they're a bit shit sometimes. But they've kind of been much better from this perspective. Yeah several times and it's, it's a bit, it's, it was a bit jarring for me because I kind of have that close experience I've been playing them all quite a bit recently I was a bit like Christ why is this so archaic in comparison and this is the big budget one This the, the good thing about this the, the quarry is the budget's clearly been in, was increased to produce it it's better directed I'd say facial animations of, of are better higher profile actors and actresses that are involved like it's clearly had good money spent on it in 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 some areas, but they've made a hash of like the some of the mechanical stuff that they have solved yeah. in previous games. But there we go. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. That's enough for me. <laughs> anyway, now we've got this gaming gallery that we go to these days. Let's see if you want to put these up in our, our our own sort of personal wings so we're outside the door i've got the keys here again sort of about to go back in time i haven't got a little tap card just yet working on that vendors expensive in in where we want to place it do you want me to unlock the doors and, and put it into the gaming gallery or we're we just going to go in the pub and say it doesn't earn either a platinum silver gold or bronze well, she, she, it's going in. It's so going in, all right. I'll unlock the door. Little yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, if you left it to me, who knows? After the, I was going to say, you can, you can wait at the door and make your decision in a minute. I'm, I'm getting out under the collar. This hat's making me hot, and I've got stress thinking about the quarry again. So we've gone into your wing. You've obviously got the options of, of platinum, gold, silver, bronze. We used to have a bit of like, oh, here's the guidance of what it means. Just you do. You know what you do. Do what you think's best. So how do you want to display this? How do you want to reward it? No, not on the top tier. It's not a platinum. No. Gold, leave that for a minute. Yeah. Pop it in on the silver. Nice. Write it right in there. Yeah. 
Where would you, and this, I, is, this is a ridiculous question to ask, because it's been seven years, where do you think you would have plopped until dawn? Probably the same. Okay. Um, I would have thought. Um, I totally get your criticisms and I kind of agree with them, but not everyone's got that Joe brain that needs to... That ain't a Joe brain. That's, a, that's my... an enthusiast brain. They want to get trophies. Exper- that's what it well, says. Experiment yeah. with the outcomes. Oh, don't. I deleted all my saves after because I was like, there's no... That's the thing. My save was worthless because there's no progress yeah. being kept. No. I was fuming. No. Well, on my two playthroughs, I yeah. you know, had fun the first time making a lot of mistakes, went back, right at the mistakes, got to choose, you know, start where I wanted to start and ran it through. And it was, it was, it would have been nice to be able to skip some of the, like the more dialogue heavy scenes. And then, you know, yeah. especially ones that don't lead to a decision. But other than that, those other bits don't didn't really affect me. I don't really go. Yeah. I would say like most games, I don't even want to play again. This being a like tight 10 hours. Yeah. It felt quite natural and easy to do it a second run. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's fair enough. I'm, I'm going to put it, in my personal wing, I'm going to chuck it in the bronze category. Um, might be seemingly harsh, but there's a that <laughs> the, the archaic nature of how progression is handled. No multi save, no universal tracker of collectibles, no real effort being put into alleviate a second, third, full, fifth playthrough to experiment with all the great stuff they've put in the game, all these outcomes, the time that they've spent to fucking mocap and riot and come up with all these gruesome deaths or different ways and they've made it just completely unpalatable to want to do that and uh, that's what ends up with a bronze but to be honest the, the positives do outweigh the negatives that is a, a scenario based criticism overall I still very much enjoy these games I like to have them sprinkled in throughout the year super massive probably it's tough between them and Life is Strange, but they're doing good work, I'd say, Supermassive at the moment. Understood that, or understand that it's not for everyone. You know, these games, if you want more hands-on gameplay, you're not you're not really going to get that. Um, but do take my opinion with a, with a pinch of salt, because I will usually glean the positives out of these games, even if they're, <laughs> they're pretty dreadful. I can't remember, I don't remember ever giving like a bad rating to anything. <laughs> It's like story based, maybe like one. All the telltales scraped themselves a bronze. I was like, yeah, still worth playing. I'm just, I'm always just into these games. So, and the quarry, I like the 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 horror kind of base of it. We've got life is strange. We've had the telltale stuff. Horror is a good, good place to to pop these games. But that's it. The quarry in the books, a nice silver and bronze. I don't think Supermassive would be too disappointed with that. I'll kept might, but. He's been slagged off for his acting, so he's going to be more angry about that comment <laughs> when he listens back to this. But um, I think that'll do for this particular episode of Idle Game Chat. If you've made it this far, thanks very much for that. Patreon.com forward slash Dimp Digital if you want to join the core community. Put your hand in your pocket. Or you can go to twitch.tv slash Dimp Digital and subscribe there. If you've got Amazon Prime... I mean, Eggcore's got two of those and he doesn't give us one. But if you've got Amazon Prime for free, you can subscribe to the channel and uh, put hand in pocket and give us a few beers, which Adcock will be probably drinking at some point. You know, might be a dimp drinks con coming up. I might have already gone past, actually, by the time they get to this. So all the photos on social media, exposés, the sun, 
They're all there. Anyway, nothing more for us to say here, though, other than thanks for your time and ta-da. This was a Dimp Digital production.